This message was recorded live at Elevate Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As followers of Christ, we follow a God who was crucified, dead, buried, got up, walked out of the tomb, demonstrating that there's nothing that you and I can't walk out of. He doesn't love me based on my performance. God loves me based on my position. It matters so much that we imitate Christ and we live out those principles. There's nothing that you could do. There's there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevateerie.tv. All right, 5 p.m., what's going on? You guys good tonight? Come on, come on. Hey, it's a beautiful day outside, but I think it's even more of a beautiful day inside. I'm excited about worshiping with you guys. I'm excited about church. I'm a church boy. I just love church. I love coming together corporately, being challenged by God's word, being encouraged, being built up. And so I'm pumped up and I hope that you're pumped up too. Anybody pumped up? All right, that's good. That's good. All right, I'm getting fired up. Listen, my name is Colby. I'm the pastor here, and I just want to welcome you if this is your first time coming. We are wrapping up this series called The Financial ABCs, the ABCs of Financial Freedom. Last week, we talked about the letter B. We talked about bondage, and and we really talked about three values, the value of self-control, sacrifice, uh, the value of like having a strategy, and we said, you know, self-control means being able to say no now. So that you can say yes for the rest of your life. Sacrifice, like giving up things that you love for something that you love even even more. And that's being financially free. And then also we talked about the first two baby steps of the Dave Ramsey's kind of financial piece. And, and our strategy and what that looks like. And I've been hearing so many good stories from people who are just like... Even online, people posting pictures of like cutting up their their credit cards, people getting free, getting out of debt because the Bible says we're, you know, the borrower is servant to the lender and we were never meant to live in bondage and in debt. And so I've been excited about hearing a lot of the stories that have come out of our our class that that, uh, Phil Delamandali has been teaching Sunday nights on budgeting and all that. And it's just been awesome. And so as we wrap this up tonight, I need some help, all right, to help me with an illustration. I'm asking, does anybody have a hundred bucks that they would give me? I think that's funny. I'm not kidding. Anybody got a hundred bucks? hundred bucks? hundred bucks? You got a hundred bucks? Yeah, come on. Let me see. Let me see. You really got a hundred bucks? Shut up. Where'd you get a hundred bucks? I can't say. Are you sure? 20, 40, 60. Oh, that's a hundred bucks. Thank you. You can have a seat. I appreciate that. Man, it's a good day in church. Anybody want to go to Moe's after this? All right, I'm buying. I'm buying. I'm going to hold on to that. Today, we're going to talk about the letter C. And the letter C is choice. Write that down. Choice. And I'll set it up this way. Um, I love, I love watching... When it first came out, we loved it, we watched it all the time, was the show, if anybody's ever seen it, The Biggest Loser. Anybody ever seen The Biggest Loser on TV? Yeah, it's this, it's this incredible show where you get to actually see this, this real life transformation, this real life change like happening. Kristen and I, we would get into watching The Biggest Loser, we'd sit there, you know, turn it on, and we'd have a bowl of ice cream. I'm kidding, kind of, kind of kidding about that. And we watch it, but I love seeing the fact that, you know, these people are going through this, this whole like program and they're learning new things about 
their health, about eating right, right? And you get to see that they're changing their behaviors. They're putting things into action. They, they have new beliefs about what it means to be healthy. And so they're, they're living that way. And inevitably, in every episode, somebody would hit a wall. And they would struggle, they'd want to quit, they'd want to turn in the towel and give up, and a trainer would sit them down and have this conversation that essentially went something like this. Hey, if you're going to change your life, you have to make a conscious choice to do it. Like, you really got to choose to live differently if you really want this. And I was thinking about that, and the same applies to our money. In our finances, if we really want to change our financial picture, it's going to take a choice. Like, we have to choose to do it if we want to live differently. At the end of the day, it comes down to the choices that we make. And so the question I would ask you tonight is this. Where have your choices about your money landed you? Like, where have they led you up till this point? Are you, are you okay with the destination that you've arrived at financially? You've got to make a choice about it. It's, it's great for us to talk about sacrifice and self-control and being in bondage and having the right spirit on it, right, and the right attitude and approach to money. But at the end of the day, you and I have to make a choice. And this is how I want to set this up. If you have your Bible, open up to Deuteronomy chapter 30. While you're looking for it, it's the, the fifth book in the Old Testament. Um, this is a passage about Moses. Moses is the great leader, you know, of the children of Israel. Even if you're not a church person, you've heard of Moses probably. You know, he, he's encountered God at the burning bush. He's the guy that went up to Pharaoh, let my people go, that Moses, that guy. And he led the children of, of, of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage. And here he is at this moment, about 120 years old. And he's on his, his deathbed, okay? And so he's looking back over his life. He's looking back over to all the promises and the faithfulness and the goodness of God as God led them out of slavery, almost into the promised land. They didn't get to make it, you know, but, you know, this is right before the children would inherit that and go in. And Moses on his deathbed has some important stuff to say. And don't you know that the last, your final words on your deathbed are pretty Important, we should listen to them. And this is what Moses says in verse 15. Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice. So there's our word. He's giving you a choice. He's setting it in front of you. He's setting it in front of me. Between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I come to you this day to love the Lord. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. And then he attaches a promise to it. So if you do this, then you're going to live. And you're going to multiply. And not only that, the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about to occupy. But if you don't, if you don't choose this, if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen and you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. In other words, you're not going to end up where it is that you want to go. You're not going to end up in your preferred future. And he says this, today I've given you this choice between life and death. Between blessings and curses, now I call on heaven and, and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life. And then he says, and not just for you. Because it's real easy to get caught up and this is just for me. This is, you know, my deal. I need to choose life. He says, no, no, no. So that you and your descendants might live. 
So for generations to come, for your family and your family's family, the people that come after you might live. Moses is, is, is brought to his people to this moment, this realization where they have to choose. Really between life and death, between blessings and curses. And he's ultimately saying, there's a way that you can live your life and you'll receive the blessings of God. You can live your life under the full blessing of, of God. But there's also a way, if you don't obey his commands and you don't follow him, that you will re- live under the curse of God. And Elevate Church, the same is true for us tonight. There is a way for you to live your life, for me to live my life that brings the blessings of God on our life. Or there's a way that brings the curse of God on our life. And this is true in so many areas of, of our lives, right? It's true that you, you reap what you sow. But it's especially true in the area of how we handle our money, our finances. And God doesn't just kind of leave us hanging, just like, all right, now go figure that out, what that looks like. No, no, no. He says, you know, I'll tell you exactly what I want you to do. Now flip forward uh, to the book of, of Malachi. If you if you have a Bible like mine, I got two little nifty ribbons in mine, so I got to upgrade Bible. Um, but, or you can just go to the New Testament and turn back one book, and there's, there's Malachi. In Malachi chapter 3, we find the, the people of God, like, making the bad choice, making the wrong choice. So instead of living under the blessings of God, they're living under this, this curse of God. And I really would encourage you to go back and read this for yourself. Like, start in chapter 1, because this is all about, like, like, not making the decision to live under the blessings of God. But this is what it says in verse 6. I am the Lord, and I do not change. So God is calling his people out. And he's basically saying, hey, 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 I've told you this before. I don't change. I, I'm, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. My, my word is true. It's the same. I don't change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now, return to me, and I will return to you. In other words, get this right. Like, get this right, come back, return to me, and I'll I'll bless you. You'll live under the full blessing of God. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return? Like, when we have not even gone away. And I love the fact that God is kind of asking the questions on their behalf. The same questions that you and I would ask. Well, God, what did we do? Like, like how did we, how did we get, get out from alignment with you? How, how do we return? And he says this, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. Therefore, you are under a curse. There it is. You're under a curse. You are not positioning yourself under the full blessings of God. So how do you remedy this? He says, for your whole nation has been cheating me. So here's what you do. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Remember that word. Underline that word. We're going to come back to that. So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. And I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. So what I want to talk about tonight, straight up, is the tithe. Is the tithe. And what that looks like. And I want to talk about what the tithe is. And I'm going to talk about why we tithe. Because many times people will try to interchange the word 
tithing with giving. Tithe with give. And what they'll say, things like, you know, well, well, well I, I tithe, you know, here or there. I tithe when I feel like it. I, I tithe, you know, when I want to. Or I tithe when, you know, the band sang the songs that I like. Then I'm going to tithe. Or I'm going to tithe when, when, you know, the pastor was funny and made me laugh and it spoke to me. And then, then I'm going to tithe. That's not tithing. That's tipping. All right? That's what that is. It's a big difference between tithing and, and giving. In fact, the word tithing uh, in Hebrew is the word maser. Everybody say maser. That was terrible. You kind of have to say it like you got some alugi in the back of your throat, like a maser kind of thing. And literally what it means is a tenth. It means 10%. The tithe is 10%. Now, when I was a new Christian, I didn't understand this. I did not get this principle at all. Maybe like many of you in this room, you just don't, we just don't get this idea of tithing. And somebody came up to me and said, hey, you know you need to tithe. And I'm like, what's the tithe? They said, well, you give 10% of your income back to God. And I'm like, all right, done, easy. And I was working, um, this was in college in Lexington, Kentucky, and I was working at American Eagle in the mall. What's up, any mall American Eagle workers? Whatever. And I didn't make a lot of money, but I remember getting my paycheck and thinking, all right, I'm going to tithe. So I took 10% of my paycheck and I went to the local Christian bookstore, which was Lifeway Christian Bookstore in Lexington. And I bought um, a cassette tape, jars of clay, rain, rain on my face. Hasn't stopped raining for days. Nobody? All right. My world is a flood. Just kidding. If I go on, I won't, I won't even stop. Like, I bought that, and it was a cassette tape. And some of you are like, what's a cassette tape? Ask your mom, all right, what a cassette tape is. And it wasn't that they didn't have CDs, you know, back then. It's just my car did not have a CD player back then, all right? I had a cassette deck. So I got a cassette tape, and I got a shirt. I got like a striper T-shirt. I didn't get a striper t-shirt. That's terrible. Those of you that clap for that, that's awful. That's awful. You need to repent. You need to come back to Jesus tonight. But I left the store and I was like, pumped. Boom, I tithed. 10% of my income. And I got some sweet stuff in exchange for it, right? Hey, hey, hey. That's not tithing. That's shopping, all right? There's a big difference. And some of you are like, well, I go to Chick-fil-A three times a week. And that's Christian chicken, so that's my tithe. No, it's not. There is a big difference. And I didn't understand it, all right? And And let's be honest, maybe a lot of us don't. We didn't get this principle. And I didn't understand anything about giving back to God and what that looked like. So what is tithing. I want to talk first about what it is, and I'm going to talk about why we do it. And I want to give you two definitions if you want to write this down. The first is this. Tithing is returning the first 10% of our income to God's church. Period. Tithing is returning the first 10% of our income to God's church, not to an alumni organization. Not to a missionary, not to your your favorite charity, but to God's church, to the storehouse. We'll talk about that. Leviticus 27.30 says this, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or from the soil or from fruit of the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. You know what holy means? Set apart. It means it's, it's kind of, uh, it belongs to God. It's holy to God. It's set apart to God. It has a purpose for it, another purpose for it. Now, notice I said tithing is returning. 
It's not giving. Because it's technically not giving. You can't give something that doesn't belong to you in the first place. It's returning something that belongs to God in the first place. Kind of like, kind of like this money. Where did that hundred bucks go? This hundred bucks right here. Because I know some of you are like, man, what a mean guy taking that nice young lady's hundred dollars. Um, before the service, I saw Maggie in the lobby. I said, Maggie, I'm giving you this hundred dollars. Now, when I ask for it back, you better give it back. And Maggie did a good job bringing my money back, didn't she? Thank you, Maggie. Let's thank Maggie. Now, like, I appreciate that, her giving it back. But had I been God, like, she would have gotten a better deal. Had I been God and I had given her this this $100, I would have only asked for $10 back and said, you get to keep the other 90 bucks. But unfortunately for Maggie, I'm not God. And I've had to do this illustration all day, and that would be an expensive illustration if I was to give this money away every time, right? But that's what God does. That's how good God is. He says, out of everything that I give you, all I'm asking back, the tithe, is 10%. You return 10% out of all the resources that you have. So the tithe belongs to God. We return it to his house. And by the way, I don't want what belongs to God in my house. And I think that's, that's dangerous. If it belongs to him, it's his. I don't want it in my house. The second thing is this tithing is giving God my first and my best so that he'll bless the rest. My first and my best. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 doesn't just tell us to honor God with our time. Some people will say, well, I serve, you know, I'm giving my time. Mm, that, that's not tithing. It doesn't say just to honor God with our time or with our gifts, you know, or with uh, um, our, our worship. It says also, honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all your crops. Then, as you do this, again, notice another promise attached to it. Your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new Wine. In just a moment, we're going to talk about the promises. We're going to talk about the blessings of God as we tithe. But I want to shift gears first and answer the question, why do we do it? We've talked about what it is, but why do we do it? Besides the fact that God's word, I believe, is very clear about tithing, why do we do it? And I say that because many of you, you're starting to get this look. You're like, really? I came to church tonight for the tithe talk? And I brought friends, and this is what you're doing to me. Or you're saying, hey, hey, you know what? I'm just, I'm learning about being free financially. I'm trying to get on a budget. I'm trying to do the, the debt snowball thing, you know, going on. And now you're dropping this on me, right? You're hitting me with this, and I, I can't even get on a budget. I want to give you three things, and there are many more, and I'd encourage you to go back to listen to this series. But I want to give you three reasons why we should do this, why we tithe. The first one is this. Tithing fuels God's work through the church. It's as simple as that. When you tithe, it provides for God's work in and through his church. The church that Jesus died for. The bride of Christ. God loves his church. I love his church. We should love his church. And I truly believe that through Jesus, the church really is the hope of the world. That it really is that we are the, the means the we are the mode for the, for the message of the gospel to be carried to the ends of the earth. That's that's our job as a church the the great command in Malachi three ten says this, bring the whole tithe, not, not part of it, 
not some of it after you've given other places, but bring the whole tithe, all 10% into the storehouse. Now I said we were coming back to that word because theologians, conservative theologians have forever said that this is the storehouse is an Old Testament picture of the New Testament church. He says the storehouse is God's house. It's it's the church. It's the house of God. Bring the whole tithe into the house that there may be food in my house. Like bring it to the place where you're fed. Bring it to the place where you're being fed by God so that the work of God can continue to move, can continue to advance. It's what fuels the ministry. It's what fuels God's work through his church. And so as you tithe... And by the way, less than 8% of the people that come to Elevate Church actually do this. Less than 8%. We see about 14, 13, 1400 people here on a weekend. Less than 8% commit to tithing. But when you tithe and we manage it well, and, and honestly, we manage it well. For some of you that that like this stuff and and you care about this stuff for every dollar that's given, let me break it down for you and tell you where it goes real fast. 24 cents of every dollar goes to operations. 24 cents goes to utilities, building lease, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just keeping the lights on, air, heating, HVAC, blah, 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 all that awesome stuff, the fun stuff. 28% goes to ministry. That goes to our children's. That goes to our our youth. That goes to like any kind of ministry that we do in and through this church. 38% goes to staff. 38%. I've been a part of a church where it was 72% went to staff. They had no more money to like do ministry. And they didn't give beyond their walls. And then 10% goes outside of this church immediately. Because we believe in this principle. And so it goes beyond our walls through our one for one, it goes to the city mission, it goes to help planting churches, you know, throughout the U.S. and and overseas. When we tithe and we handle it well and manage it well, I'm telling you, I believe that the church is the hope of the world. And if if everyone would do this, and if every church, the, the global church, the big C church would buy in and manage it well, then we wouldn't need the government to step up and help people because the church would be meeting the need that we're called to meet in the first place. Amen? Like, that's what we're called to do. So let's get on board with this. It really, I, man, without reservation, tell you that absolutely 100%, unapologetically, the tithe provides for God's work through his Church. Why do we tie that fuels the work? Number two is this, and this is more personal. It teaches me to put God first in every area of my life. It teaches me to have faith in God. It builds my faith in Him. The Living Bible translates Deuteronomy fourteen twenty three this way: The purpose of the tithe is to teach you to always put God first, first in our lives. In fact. Honestly, I would argue there are few, if any, more tangible means of measurement of where you can actually see whether or not you're putting God first. In fact, if I was to just bust out my bank statement and show you, you would be able to see, is this true in my life? There's no more tangible means of measurement unless we're putting God first in this area of our life. Like, like is, do I really, you know, do what I say? And you would see that unequivocally, yeah, that's real for us. 
That's real for me and my family. You see the evidence of that. And we don't just do this with money, by the way. We do this with, with the first part of our day. We give God the first part of our day to pray, to read, you know, to, to seek God. We believe that as we give him the first, he blesses the rest. You know, we, we'll, we'll get up and open our U version, you know, go through a study, open God's word, go through just a study and just pray and seek God. We do this now. This is what you guys are doing tonight. You're giving God the first part of your week. Sunday was the first day. We're giving him the first part of our week for worship and for encouragement and for challenge so that he blesses the rest of this week. We do this as a church every year. Like in January 1, we give him the first part of our year, the first 21 days of the year for prayer and for fasting to seek God. And so we do this as well with the tithe. The first 10% that God trusts us with, we give back to him as an act of worship. And here's what I want you to know. It takes faith to give first, doesn't it? To give first. Like if God was to give me a hundred bucks, it takes faith for me to give him that first 10. Because I'm trusting that he's going to take that other 90 and he's going to be able to stretch it. Or I'm trusting that, that he's going to be able to do more. I can do more with his blessing on that 90 than I ever could with that whole hundred all on my own. But if I give him the leftovers, if I give him what's left at the end of the month, if I just give him whatever, whenever, that doesn't take faith at all. It's like, oh, this is what I got. And without faith, you know what the Bible says? It is impossible to please God. Some of you are probably thinking, because um, this is what I hear all the time, but Colby, you don't get it. Like, if, if I really was to do this and put this into practice, this would, this would make a massive change in my life. You bet it would. Colby, you don't understand. If, if I was to do this, then that means there are going to be some things I really want to buy that I'm not going to be able to buy. Ab-so-freaking-lutely. That's right. Or you might say, Colby, if, if I do this, I'm going to have to reorganize my life. I'm going to have to reprioritize my life around God. Yes, you will. That's what he wants. It's going to be a sacrifice. It's going to be hard. But without faith, right, it's impossible to please God. And what's more, when we don't, here's what you need to know. If you're a follower of Jesus and you don't, not only are you not living underneath the full blessings of God, but you're actually robbing him. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was with you for a little bit, bro. That's extreme. That's not my words. Not my words. In fact, let's just read it. Not, I won't even add any other commentary. Let's let God's word speak for itself. Malachi 3, 8, and 9. God asked the question right here. Will a man rob God? He says, yet you rob me. Well, how do, how do I rob you, God? He says, in the tithes and the offerings. You're taking what belongs to me in tithes and offerings. In verse 9, he says, you're under a curse because of that. And the whole nation, in fact, is under the curse because you're robbing me. Because they weren't honoring God with the tithes. They were under a curse. They were out of fellowship. They were out of alignment. They were not living under the full blessing of God. Now, parents, parents who are in this room, your parents, imagine, like, if you discovered one of your kids was, was robbing, was stealing from you. Like, they'd, they'd go into your purse at night, maybe jack a 20, maybe take a 10 out of your wallet, dad, or whatever, you know, kind of thing. Like, how would that make you feel? 
Or maybe they're taking stuff from home and they're selling it and they're keeping the money. You know, whatever. They're stealing from you. Here's what I know. Like, if, if my kids, if I found out when my kids were stealing from me, I would wear their rear end out, number one. And no matter how much I love them, no matter how much I wanted to really bless them, like, I wouldn't be able to. Like, if they were stealing from me, I would not, they would not ever be able to be in a position to receive the full blessing from the parent. Because they're robbing them. And that's what's going on. And the children of Israel are like, whoa, 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 we don't want that. Like, we don't want to be out of alignment with, with you. We want to be in a right relationship with you, God. So what do we do? How do we prove this? And isn't it interesting that when God says, all right, you want to prove it? You want to live in a right relationship with me? You want the full blessing of God on your life, not a curse? Here's what you need to do. God doesn't say, here's how you prove it. Go to church every weekend. That's not what he says. He doesn't say, get in a small group. That's what you need to do. Be held accountable to one another. That's not what he says. He doesn't say, um, you know, serve every single weekend. Sit one and serve one in church every single weekend. He doesn't say, don't drink. Don't cuss. Don't smoke. Don't chew. Don't date girls that do. Right? He didn't say any of that stuff. That's a country song, I think. I think. But what did he point to? He said, the way you can show me, the way you can prove it to me that you're all in. He didn't point to any of that stuff. He pointed to the tithe. Like, why? Like, why did he point to the tithe? Because of what we've been saying this entire series. Because our money is the closest thing to our heart. And he knows it's the number one competitor for our heart. That there's this battle going on inside of our hearts. And so he points to that. Like, Madonna was right. We are living in a material world. And I'm a material girl. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just kidding. Now, a lot of times people come back and they'll push back and they'll argue this and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that's Malachi. That's Old Testament that's the Old Testament law. You know, we follow Jesus. We're, we're under, you know, we're not under the law anymore, right? You know, Jesus came to, you know, um, fulfill the law. So we follow Jesus. And what you need to understand technically is that the tithe predated the law, all right? Several hundred years before the law, uh, there, was, there was tithing going on. Or people will say, but the tithe is an Old Testament thing anyway. It's not a New Testament principle. Jesus never talks about the tithe. tithe. Well, that's not actually true. In fact, in Matthew 23, 23, not only does he talk about it, he clearly affirms it. Let's take a look at it real fast. Um, Jesus was giving the Pharisees a good ripping, a good chewing out as they needed from time to time. And this is what he said. What sorrow awaits you, you teachers of the religious law? And you Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but... You ignore the more important aspects of the law. Justice, mercy, and faith. This is Jesus. And in your Bible, this might actually be in red. And he's saying that, yeah, you should tithe. Like, of course tithe. Everybody tithes. This is like beginner 101 for a follower of God. Like, we honor God with what he's blessed us with, with what he's given us with. We tithe. Of course we do that. But don't forget your offerings. Like, don't forget justice. Don't forget mercy. Don't forget the orphan and the widow, right? The people in need. Yes, absolutely. He says you should tithe. We start there. But don't forget the important stuff beyond the tithe. 
And for those of you that, that want to play the whole, you know, well, that's an Old Testament, you know, thing, play that card. I would be very careful with that because Jesus in the New Testament always increases the standard every single time. Every time. Like in the Old Testament, it was don't kill, don't commit murder, right? Jesus said, uh, 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 uh. If you even hate someone in your heart, you've committed murder every single time. He holds us to a higher standard. Old Testament says, don't commit adultery. Jesus says, even if you lust after someone, if you're like, "Mm, what's up, girl? Want to get me some of that? He said, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And the Old Testament says tithe. In the New Testament, he says, no, 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 no. It's not 10%. It's all of you. It's everything. I want your entire life to count for eternity. Like everything that you have for you to leverage for for the kingdom of God to make the greatest impact you can with what you've been given. I'd be very careful. Jesus always holds us to a higher standard and calling. So what is what is tithing? Why do we tithe? It fuels the work of God. It teaches me to put God first. The last one is this. It positions me for blessings. Let's keep reading Malachi 3.10. The only place God tells us this, to put him to the test, the middle of the verse, he says, test me in this. Try me. Try me. You don't believe me? Like, give it a shot. I dare you and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. You don't believe me? Give me a shot. I'll bless you beyond what you can imagine. Elevate church. What if that's true? Like what if God's word's true? That as you and I honor God with our first, as we bring it to the storehouse, to the local church, that he would open up the floodgates and bless us. Pour out so much blessing on us. Now here's what I don't want you to hear me saying. Okay, don't you dare walk away thinking that, well, Colby said, you know, God is some sort of cosmic tithe slot machine that as you put your tithe in, pull the lever, cha-ching, out comes blessings. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. In fact, there are some things in this life that are way better than just more money. Would you agree? Like maybe a, a couple in here that's, that's married, that you've been struggling in your marriage. You've been fighting. You've been trying to make things happen. And you just commit. Like we're, we're going to trust God. We're going to trust him in his word. We're going to have faith to do this. And when you do that, suddenly God shows up and you have a greater spiritual intimacy and depth in your marriage than you've ever experienced before. Like Ever. Like now you guys are, are moving mountains together, right? Like you're, 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 you're making things happen. There's so much love there. You've never had that before. Uh, an incredible marriage is way better than a little more money. I'd say, I'd say this, having children that grow up to follow Jesus, to serve Jesus, that are great world changers, that are great leaders, man, way better than financial blessings. Having, having a group of, of friends and a small group that, that man, are like family to you, that you can lean on, that you can count on, way better than financial blessings. All day long. Having a ministry where you can make a difference and impact. Having a church that challenges you, that presses you, that pushes you to become more like Jesus, where you can serve and use your gifts. Man, that means more. That's greater than any financial blessing. 
And I'm not discounting the fact that sometimes it will be a financial blessing. God might show up that way and just bless the socks off of you. And and I love talking about this because those of you that are tithers, whenever I do, see, I don't don't shy away from this at all. Those of you that tithe, you just nod your head. You're smiling. You're in agreement because you know firsthand that you've put God first and that you've had to trust God with this in your life. And you've seen firsthand how God shows up in your life when you've desperately needed him to. How he's true to his promise. And I love the fact that God commands us in this. It's a command to test him. Everywhere else in in the Bible, God says, don't be testing me. Hey, don't test me, bro. You know, thou shalt not test thy Lord, thy God. That's the King James Version. Except one. Except in one area, that is this right here. Where he says, I'll really know if you're bought in. I'll really know if you're, if you're all in, if you do this. And this is how good God is. I don't want you to miss this. The same area, area that, that is a struggle for you and I, let's be honest, money's tough. It's tough. It's tough to like, like leverage everything that we have and make it count for eternity. It's tough. Especially when it's, you know, we're trying to make ends meet and make things happen. It's tough. But God says, the same area that I'm testing you in, you can test me in. The same area that I'm testing you in, you get to flip the script and you can test me in that same area and see if I don't show up. I love that. It's so awesome. He says, I dare you to do it. Put me to the test. And listen, I believe that we will never be financially free until you and I make the choice to trust God, take him at his word, and to tithe. And to tithe. That's why when you came in tonight, on your chair, there was this card. In fact, everybody, grab this card. Because I know some of you have already looked at it, and you kind of freaked out about it, and trying to figure out, you know, what is this all about? And you're nervous about it. Let me just, let me talk about this card. This is... This is a challenge, all right? This is a, this is a commitment card. And this is, this is what it says. Because we truly believe in the principles of God's word. That as we tithe, as we give him our first, that he blesses the rest. That it's really the way he gets to do his work in and through the local church. And then it really does position us for blessings. And we so believe in that. But this challenge card says, I'm choosing today to trust God in my finances. And I believe what his word says about tithing, and I'm putting him to the test. And this is my next step in my walk with Jesus. Some of you, this is, this is just your next step. And that's why there's two commitments on here. One is, I'm going to begin tithing. I'm going to begin. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to take him at his word. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to challenge. I'm going to test him with this. And I'm going to begin tithing. For the first time, some of you, it's almost like there's this, there's this ceiling. And I believe a lot of the reasons why you keep hitting the ceiling is because you've never taken him at his word in this. Because it's hard. It's scary. It's a challenge. Man, I get it. I get it. But I believe it's a huge barrier. And either, you know, God's word is true. We live under the blessings of God or we live under the curse of God. And for those of you that are, are doing this, you're tithing, this is just kind of a recommitment. I, I'm going to continue to do this. This is, a, I just, I'm going to re-up. I'm going to re-up. I'm bought in. I understand why I do this, and I'm going to continue to tithe. And here's what you need to know. This is a 
deeply spiritual decision. This is one of the most spiritual things you and I will ever have to wrestle with. 2,300 some verses on money and possessions in God's word. Like way more than God's word says about faith or prayer. More than that combined. Like this is one of the most spiritual things we'll wrestle with. And I've been compelled by God to make this as clear as I can. To to make this as straightforward as possible. I can because we so believe in this. And what this this challenge does for those of you that, that you haven't been tithing, like when the offering goes around, you can take this card, you can fill it out. We're going to take an opportunity to pray over this and really seek God. But we'll, we'll send you a link that takes you to our, our, our website. In fact, right on the front of our website at elevatoria.tv, you can take the 90-day tithe challenge. And that is this. For those of you to say, all right, I'm going to test God in this. I'm going to take him at his word. I'm going to test him in this. And you start to do this. You start to tithe on 10% of your increase. Give him your first and your best. And if you don't see evidence that God's blessed you in multiple areas of your life, we'll give it all back. 100%. Back. Because we so believe in this principle. We so believe that for many, this is your next step. Today we have a choice. Life, death, blessings, or curse is before us. This is about living under the full blessing of God because ultimately someone always asks me this to say, well, well, Colby, if, you know, if I do this, do I tithe on, on, on the gross or on the net of my income? And I always got to laugh when I hear that. Because essentially what they're saying is, what's the bare minimum I have to do, right? To please God. This isn't about the bare minimum. This is about living under the full blessing of God. And I want that for you. Just as much as I want you to be financially free and out of debt and all that. Man, I really want this for you too. I want you to know what that's like. Why don't you bow your head and let's just take an opportunity, not, not moving around, not checking out, but listen, really ask God before you even sign this thing, before you even write anything on it. Now let's let God speak to your heart. Have you been honoring God? Do you trust God's word? Maybe for some of you, it's as simple as that. Do you trust the word of God? If the answer is yes, man, then you got to start tithing. Just got to do it. It's part of who we are. It's how we honor God. It's how we worship God. It's how we take him at his word. He says, see if I don't bless you. See if I don't open the floodgates of heaven. Maybe I'll bless your marriage. Maybe I'll bless your, your finances. Maybe I'll bless your relationships. Maybe I'll bless, you know, the, the ministry that you feel called to, whatever it is. And while you're praying, I know this is a challenge for many of us in this room. And so this is a commitment that you're making. So God, I pray right now that you would speak to our hearts, each one of us tonight, that you enable us to to have your word come alive, that we would honor you by bringing our first and our best, God. And as we prepare to give, you know what? We're just going to trust you 
We're going to trust you that, that as we do this, God, you'll, you'll be faithful. You'll come through for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're always encouraged to know that God is using Elevate to bless people's lives. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, share your story online at elevateerie.tv.